The kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. He was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm here with always with Carlo from the Bronx, whose uncles are my friends, former involved in the Italian business of uh, of doing things. That's all I gotta say. Allegedly. Great guys. What's that? Allegedly. Allegedly used to run one of the great restaurants in the Little Italy, Ruggiero's. I used to have my uh, olive oil with garlic chopped up, and I used to eat it with a super spoon. I didn't realize it. Irritates out of your body, garlic. <laughs> but garlic is good. Bar- garlic is good. But today, I got real special guests here. You know, we've had them all on here from Ken Langone, everybody. But today, I got two of my sons on here because we've been doing a, a radio show together for a lot of years. We started with the controversial guy who we just lost. And I, I got to admit one thing he wasn't good to my boys sometimes, but I miss him. And in deep down inside, as big as a scumbag as he was at sometimes, I miss him and I love the guy and I, I, I wish he was still with us. That's all I got to say because you don't want to know something, that's the way I truly feel. I walked off his show probably half a dozen times, told him to go fuck himself, but you want to know something, I do miss that old cowboy and I miss his dad. So we got, we got my man Sid Rosenberg and Bernie McGurk from the Sid. Yeah. No, it's the Bernie Bur- Sid show. That's, that's right. right. Who got uh, B? Bernie and Sid show, <laughs> 77 radio, probably the top radio show in the New York tri-state no, area. No question. And I'm very honored to be on Tuesday mornings, and we say some stuff, man, and now we're going to say some more stuff. we got to watch our lips there, but here on my podcast, you guys could be real, and you don't have to worry about someone sucking on a microphone, okay? I like it. Also, no. don't have to worry about the old man getting mad at what we say, because, well, he's dead. <laughs> well, the thing is this, but it really was the start, and today I go around the country, and, uh, you know, I was a Fox News guy for 12 years, two, two little scumbag Murdoch sons there threw me off, I used to do it, Roger Ailes was my friend. They are a couple of weasels. My, Roger Ailes was my friend, he, and yes. I stuck up for Roger, I knew nothing about all these allegations, then I was accused by that little scumbag, what was his name? Gabe Sherman. Gabe Sherman, he did the loudest voice. Oh. Total fucking lying little bitch. That's what he is. And I told him that on the phone. Gallo was there. I said, you. if you print that I was following you or your ugly wife, I said, I'm going to sue you. What happened was as follows. Roger Ailes was allegedly involved in some kind of stuff, which I don't know is true or false. Personally, I never was involved with Roger. I never went to his house. I never headed up the private investigator to get dirt. My firm is, is a firm that's been around... 35 years. So if you get in trouble, you get in trouble. The law firm, Becker Epstein, hired my firm to do, you have to get a defense. If someone's making an allegation against you guys, you've got a right to a defense. What are you going to do, hang you? No. So my company is a defense litigation investigating firm. So Fox News hires Beck Epstein. Beck Epstein Law Firm hires my firm in 2005 when O'Reilly was sucking on his uh, producer with some allegation against that. And yeah. then when like, Reggie Carlson come into play, you know, we were hired again. That's We were hired on the professional aspect. But 
Not the way this Gabriel Sherman. He's writing a book. I think he's half of a fruitcake anyway. Right. I said that, punk. So if you got a problem, sue me, bitch. So now my point is I call him up and I say to him, I said, look, Gabriel, not for nothing. I've never followed you nor your wife. Maybe your wife's boyfriend is the one that's following you. Oh. It ain't me. I said, so, bitch, you print that, and I'm going to sue you. And I called him out. I called him right on the phone, and he's there. Ugh. I said, I ain't messing with you, because I've never done anything to you nor anybody else that was not 100% legal in my realm of investigating uh, cases. Then it come out that Roger Ailes had a black, black ops office on the 17th floor, and they were, they were we planned. I was involved with uh, getting dirt on... On, on females. No, we get hired as an investigative firm to find facts and the truth. That's what we do. I take a real exception for this little punk saying anything about me digging up dirt. Then when I run for mayor, they actually put in the New York Times, Bo doesn't like women. I love women. <laughs> and if a woman is a victim of an assault or abuse, they come to me. I grabbed Crazy Eddie once years ago. Remember Crazy Eddie? Eddie Antar, of course. Crazy Eddie He went to Israel, actually, for a little while to get away from I you guys. I grabbed him by the neck against the wall. He lived on East 3rd Street where all the Syrians are down there, Syrian yeah. Jewish guys. Yeah. I grabbed him. I slapped him in the face. I said, if you ever put your hands on your wife and your kids, I said, I'm going to come back and break your friggin' jaw. See that? Bo I did that. Bo Diddle's a feminist. I don't know. I protect ladies. I like that. And by them making that allegation, I was negative. The woman, man, I love women. And if a woman yes. is the is the subject of any kind of abuse or assault, it comes to ball. And I'll protect him. And I don't care who the hell you are. Even when I was a detective, when I when they had uh, we were we had a couple of cases there. We had witnesses that were scared crap because we, I was in Harlem. There, I was going after some bad gangs. I put them up in a, a hotel, Holiday Inn, Staten Island. I had guards on them and everything. I protected. These people, because you know what, they were being threatened. And when somebody gets threatened, they call the bow. We don't right. threaten them, okay? I like it. All right, let's find enough about bow. Let's talk about my guys. I want to know first how you guys got started in radio. How, well, you want to go first, or? Uh, well, my story is short, so. Uh, this is Bernard McGurk of yeah. the South Shore of Long Island, and he walks on the boardwalk in Atlantic Beach. Is Atlantic Beach? Long Beach. Long Beach. Long with Beach. all the ID show over there. Look, uh, it's, it's, it's really simple. <laughs> I was driving a taxi. I'm going to college. Put myself through college. I'm 21, 22 years old. And I decide to uh, major in communications. Yeah. Then a couple of years later, I took an internship at WNBC, where Imus was. WNBC. WNBC. Imus, Howard, both there. Uh, I took an internship, and uh, I ended up working in uh, the newsroom, promotions, and then I ended up working for Mr. Imus after I met him in a bathhouse downtown. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> no, I, I ended up working for him there. I started doing voices, this, that, and the was other. Was Charles there yet? Charles, oh, yeah, Charles was there. This, my thing was 1984. And that's when I started. So it evolved. I came around, I think, 86. I came around. That was when Soupy Sales called me up about there was threats yes. against Imus, uh, against his head's daughters. People don't even know. I think he has four daughters. He didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they were threatening them. And then all of a sudden was an engineer that was working uh, over at, uh, it wasn't NBC, it was in the, uh, uh, in, uh, in the cellar there we in Queens. What was that called? Oh, uh, WFAN. So Astoria. What, Kaufman so we, Astoria. So we put a surveillance on the subject and we actually get the guy mailing the letter because I had the postal inspectors involved. They opened up the mailbox and the letter's there. So they, I just thought it was the greatest thing since uh, Spike nice. Bread. 
And that's how my relationship developed with Imus. Right, that's cool. So, yeah. good with yours. Come on. So, no, that's it. So, I started as a producer there at WNBC at 30 Rock, and then we went to WFAN, and my role evolved. I started doing voices, more voices, jumping in, the Greek choir type of thing, and the next thing you know, I'm doing the Cardinal. and uh, The Cardinal was probably and then we, one of the greatest skits. When you well, used to put you. your FedEx thing on your head, what was that thing? The, uh, that was a, a FedEx envelope, yes. Yeah. You two-legged pimply, you be Jesus. Leave me alone. <laughs> you smuck you. Yeah. You look good, I'm Mr. Marn. Good enough for an open coffin, BGs. Go on ahead. Move along. <laughs> and what, wait, wait, in three. What, what does it Which doesn't belong and why? Which doesn't belong and why? A. Salamani. B. Baghdadi. C. I'm Mr. Marn. Which doesn't belong and why? And he would go, well, I'm very similar, but I've got to see. I'm Mr. Morning. Wrong, you screwing face looking schmuck, you BGs. <laughs> the answer is C. I'm Mr. Marn doesn't belong because unlike the other two, I, Mr. Marm, was a fucking bastard, be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I kid about that, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love Mr. Imus. And, well, uh, you we, know. we had some show. And then before, before my little buddy on my left, uh, Sid, gets involved, we had Rob Bartlett, probably the funniest guy that I've ever heard. Should have had his own sitcom show. Probably he didn't blow the right guy or something. I don't know what you're supposed <laughs> to do to get a sitcom show. But Rob Bartlett, to me, was one of the most creative, funniest guys I've ever met yeah. in my life. Yeah. And he should have had his show. And He well, started out with Eddie Murphy. And who's the other guy we had? Larry Kenny. Larry, Larry Kenny. Kenny yes. Also brilliant. Brilliant. He was. Well, Larry Kenny's one of the funniest guys I ever met in my life. This guy's so talented. He's very dry humor. Larry yes. Kenny, very dry, but quick, witty. But the real, the real diamond... Was Charles McCord. No doubt. He wrote a lot of the skits, and Char people don't realize that was Charles McCord. And when the, all the shit hit the fan, we're going to get right back to you, Sid, because you're very, very important with this whole synopsitation. Even though you disappeared to Florida, you ran like a bitch out of here. But then you came back, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you were welcome back. But they didn't ask me to leave, but that's fine. <laughs> really you said sure. something. You, you, you know to say things. Right, right. But the best was when we. Uh, the best, I loved it, was, uh, and in humor, again, people can't take friggin' humor anymore. The best was when uh, National, uh, no, no, Sports Illustrated had the the sisters on there. The, uh, the Williams sisters. Oh, the Williams sisters Serena, on yeah, there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Sid jumps in yeah. there and says, Sports Illustrated, they should be on the cover of National Geographic as a friggin' joke. Well, the place went crazy, oh. and he was banned, and all kind. And the same joke, same joke. What happened around a little before that? I was at uh, San Pietro with Steve Whitcoff, the real estate guy, and his son Andrew, who eventually died of an overdose yeah. with opioids. He was about nine, ten years old, and who was sitting over there is, is, is Ewan. And the kid went over there. Who? Who? Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. So he goes over there, and I give him one of the napkins off the bar. He says, go get an autograph. And he walks over there, and he shoots the kid away. I, now, I'm, I got my jacket off. I got my 9 millimeter on. <laughs> so I walk over to him, and I say, uh, Mr. Ewing. I said, with all respect, my little nephew wanted an autograph. What's the problem? He looks at me, looks at my gun, and reluctantly signs it. Uh -huh. So now I bring it back to the kid. I say, you know what you do now, son? Andrew, take it, rip it up, throw it on the floor. <laughs> he rips it. I go, hey, Patrick, I guess he didn't uh -huh. want your autograph. Uh -huh. So the next day I hit the uh, I hit the airwaves, and I said, oh, I was at the game the other night. I wasn't at the game. We used to make stuff up as we went along. It was a humorous, funny show. Political correctness didn't kick in no. at that point. No. And you want to call me meatballs and spaghetti ball. I don't care what you do. It's humor. We don't want to hurt anybody and even what we say on this podcast it ain't for hurting it's for humor and laugh and let's relax a little bit mm -hmm. so i said like this with the lights going on and off 
the fog comes out. I said, oh, my God, that music plays. The Knicks are coming out. I said, and then Patrick Ewing, man, he's big. He's tall. He has these long arms. His knuckles are so long, he has roller skates on his knuckles. <laughs> I said that on the air. I didn't get in trouble for it. But later, subsequent, they sent letters to the station, and they quoted me mm. on that. I said it. And I said it as a humorous thing, and that's what our show was. And we were make, trying to make people laugh in the morning, yeah. and that was the difference between today where you can't say anything. And that will lead us right into my man on the left, the Sid Rosenberg, the <laughs> yeah. gambling drug addict friend of mine. No more. No, no, no more. more. But no but, more. I, but I've done all those things, and I've yeah. suffered uh, many suspensions, yeah. <laughs> many terminations. And we just had this discussion today on our show, but it's so funny you say this, because Robert Downey Jr., who played this really funny role, he played Black Mace in the movie Trop uh, Tropic Thunder. Yes. He was yeah. hilarious. He came out and he apologized. He apologized for playing that role yesterday when, in fact, it was genius. But because of our PC society, which you just talked about, he came out and apologized I mean, for that role. I mean, it just come out like now. We, just, we were just talking about before we did the show. Eric Adams, I like him. He's a former, former uh, cop. He's going to be running for mayor. He's my choice. I think he's your choice, too. You know, he said something the other day. The worst thing in the world is to give an audience to Al Sharpton. All Al Sharpton is a, a racist, shakedown, a tax-evading piece of shit. And I knew him when I was a detective. We used to call him the fat rat in Queens. Now he's the skinny rat. And I can't believe everybody placates, every congressional and mayor and presidential candidate go over to him. Who the hell is it's he? unbelievable. He's a nobody. He owes all he's money a, with taxes. He's a he Jew-hating, a tax-deadbeat, and a racist. And he's just yeah. like that other creep that was bangitating all the broads using uh, Operation Push, that Jesse Jackson. Oh, yeah. All he is is a racist shakedown of businesses. Right. I remember over the years, he'd go down to Wall Street. Well, if you don't give me no money, we're going to have a little problem. Yeah. And what was he using the money for? His private jets, his apartments. Nobody goes after him. Nobody goes after Al Sharpton. When I ran for mayor, they had me on the front page of the Daily News, Bozo's. Bo didn't know shit. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, my picture, Bozo's. You know what it was? I gave him $250,000 on a $100,000 uh, city tax thing. And I did, I had three houses on Long Island. I had the days out of the city. I was fighting it. But I figured, well, I'm running for mayor. So I gave him 250000 I made a compromise, 25000 a month to pay it off. It's been all paid off subsequently. But this scumbags from the Daily News put me on the front page of the paper. Where was the retraction? Even the person from the New York State tax said, Bo, I'm so sorry. I said, well, you know what? This is what people do. Did I get an apology? What about Sharpton? How much you now, you little scumbag? You can go, you run into him at 666. It's a perfect place for him. The cigar bar. He's sitting there smoking his cigar over there with his $3,000 suits with money from people that pay him money, right. shakedown money. And he never paid the uh, Tawana Brawley people. Yeah, yeah. You know, that other big story pay. about and, and, and by the way, Reverend Al Sharpton, you ever see him in a church? Uh, what, what church? What Reverend? What Reverend, no, he has, what, Reverend uh, what? What's it called? His church? I don't know. His no, church. what's you know, that thing called? Action Network, right? right. Yeah, yeah, but not yeah, a church. Action. But not a church. He's the reverend. He should be in a yeah, church yeah. somewhere, right? right. Somewhere. Well, he but, shook, but, he but, shook down to the Phil Griffin at MSNBC and got a show right. after uh, they got Imus fired. So he's uh, thriving. He, well, well, the, the point is... Notwithstanding whatever we're saying. Well, I like you on that one word, thrive. That gives me a little jump. Uh -oh, here we go. It's like a, oh, like a catapult uh -oh. with this first lady, whatever the hell she is, first grade, whatever she is, and... Uh, I'm talking about Charlene. Yeah. Charlene McCray. McCray, whatever you want to call right. yourself. Where is the billion dollars that you spent on all this mentally ill people? 
70,000 mental ill all over our streets in New York. You took that money, and I know it. You've got what they call nonprofits, and people are making $100,000, $200,000 a year. I want to know where that money went because there's a back door and there's a slush fund. Yes, I'm saying it. Bill de Blasio, you're a criminal and you're a thief, and your wife is one too. I'm saying it. Come sue me, bitches. Sue me. Yeah, you know what? You can even take it a step further, and, and Bernie's probably about to go there now. If you want to, <laughs> you want to accuse her of uh, murder. They just found a uh, dead body on a D train this week. A homeless guy who was clearly insane. That person should have been aided by the money that she got, and instead he ended up dead on the D train a couple of days ago. You can make the argument, and Bernie did today. That's blood on her hands. That's well, McCray's. That's McCray's death. Before we go political, because we got it, we got that <laughs> the governor. Meeplehead. We'll go with him soon. But Alfredo's I older brother. We're going to go. Remember, we got to go back to the governor. But I want to finish shit off first. Let's get a little bit more back. So when do you first show up on the seats? Yeah, I'll tell you what I, what I did, uh, Bo. I went down to Florida in uh, 1995. You kind of joked around about the gambling and the drinking and the drugging. And I went to rehab for the first time in 1995. And when I went, I, was, uh, I had to move down to Boca Raton, Florida. I was just married three years, no babies yet. And I didn't have a job. So I ended up working in a restaurant in Boca Town Center Mall, LNN Seafood, making about 150 bucks a week. Couldn't even afford to pay my rent at the condominium that Danielle and I lived in. Anyway, Danielle became aware of Danielle's a... Danielle's your wife. My Good. beautiful wife a of 27 lawyer, years. Lovely. She should be sainthood. <laughs> You're yeah. 100% right. So anyway, make a long story short, she, she, she found short. this company, and they were called uh, Sportsline USA in Fort Lauderdale. They were the first ever sports company on the internet. Before there was an ESPN.com, before there was a FoxSports.com, Sports Sportsline USA was the first. She gets me a job there doing fantasy football. They start up the very first ever, 1997, internet radio division. First ever in the history of that of that specific brand. And I do that first internet radio show. And this, what year is this? 1997. Go ahead. I parlay that internet radio show with about six listeners. I'm not kidding you. 1998, I'm doing terrestrial radio in 50 markets for Westwood One and Sports Fan Radio Network. 2000, I'm hosting the morning show at WNEW with Craig Carton in New York City. 2001, I'm on with Bernie and, I, and Imus, hosting the midday show at WFAN and doing the Giants. Four years, no wow. experience, internet radio, doing all that unprecedented in the history That's of our business. That's called a meteoric rise. Yes. <laughs> I don't like that. Well, in reality, in reality, one thing that you did learn that uh, you can't uh, give people picks because you're a fucking loser <laughs> when it comes to fucking gambling. So how can you give me a pick? If you owe so much money, how the fuck do you bring me down? Well, that's a good I point. I was a degenerate yeah. gambler just like you. Yeah. I used to bet fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a game. I'm yeah. not I'm not proud of it. It was a degeneracy. Yeah. And truly gambling is an addiction the same as alcoholism, the same as those things you put in your body, what do you call those? Steroids. Yeah, steroids. Yeah. It's an addictive type <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. the muscle in the middle is getting small. Hey, I'm doing okay. Okay. But the thing is that, so you then you came on board with the crew, yeah. and what was the first time you got thrown off? The first time I got thrown off, I was only there for three weeks. Three weeks. This is on Imus? This is what on year? Imus. This is going to be... Uh, 2000, late 2000, June there. of 2000, you were there. Uh, I'm on the show for literally three weeks. I had just gone through all this nonsense before to get on the show. Before, June. And I made the Venus Serena comment. Oh, with the uh, yes. National Geographic. So wow. when, when I leave that, that day, wow. three weeks, Mark Chonoff goes to me, listen, this he thing. He was a little fucking punk. <laughs> I know you can't say that. He's a little but bitch. He, he used to go in his office there. He was nervous. So he said to me that day, he goes, listen, this thing may get worse. 
Come in tomorrow. But if it gets worse, I'll call you tonight. So, so the next day, I'm on page three of the New York Post. I'm a sports guy racist, and, and I'm done. I'm fired. Uh, so that morning, I'm, I'm all freaked out. I, my career is over. I'm 32 years old. I'm a racist in the New York Post. I miss just fired me. And my friend goes to me, calls me on the phone. He goes, hey, Sid, you're home? I go, yeah, I'm home. I just lost my job. He goes, put on Howard Stern. I'm just sorry. I put on Howard Stern, and Howard's going on and on. He goes, listen, I don't know who this fucking guy Sid Rosenberg is. Now he does. Uh, I don't know who the fuck he is, but two things. First of all, what he said was actually kind of funny. And he said, and second of all, of all people, Robin, how many times did Don Imus refer to you as the N-word, calling in drunk at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when we worked at NBC? She goes, all the time. Needless to say, it started with Howard that morning. By the time the day was over, every talk show in New York City, TV, radio was saying, we don't know who this guy is. But if anybody shouldn't be offended, it should be Imus. And sure enough, that afternoon, I got a call from Karen Dugan. And she said, Imus wants to talk to you. If you're willing to apologize, come back to work tomorrow. You apologize? I apologize. Well, this is what we're talking about. I mean, that should be put into the stipulation. If someone says or does something wrong... The apology should be accepted because myself have said a lot of wrong things, but I'm the first one to say I'm sorry if I offend somebody. Yeah, but you, also, you know, it's funny you say that because we talked about the Eric Adams thing, and you said he should probably apologize. And you said, unlike Donald Trump, who's done so well not apologizing, but he's the only guy that can do that, right? The only guy. I still can't get it. And I just said, you know what would, would help President Trump get reelected, which I know you guys are all in back, and he's doing a lot of good things for the country. He's a lying narcissist, my friend Donald Trump. I've given him 50 grand, and... I, I think what he's doing for the country is excellent. All I would like to see a little fireside chat with the White House. Talk about the economy, how great. Talk about what he did for veterans, and I was involved with that. It's called a Veterans Choice Card, which I gave him the oh, idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he complimented me in front of uh, 50 people. Bo, you're responsible for this, which I'm very honored. That's pretty cool. He did so many good things. Employment with the blacks is so high. I think he's up to 30, 35% rating of voters with the African-Americans of blacks. Yeah, yeah. Some so my point is, let him start telling you all the good things and then be a human being and say, but I have to say one more thing. I have to apologize to Mexican-American families. You're not all thieves, drug dealers, and bad people. You're good Americans. And I'm sorry. If he did that, it'd be all over. All over. Show some some real inside. No? Well, the uh, McCain thing, even more so, I yeah, would well, say. Yeah, well, McCain, that, 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 that was an that, asinine, but, 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 and he never apologized. The Mexican thing is all water under the bridge, no, and so no, is no, the McCain but, thing. Yeah, but it's still... But it, back then, it would have helped him. Uh, it would have went a long no, way. No, I'm talking about... It would have helped uh, us supporters. There's a few things there. McCain is one. But why not read them off and say, apologize for this. I was wrong. McCain was a damn hero, and I was stupid for saying it that. It was a bad and joke. And it was a very bad joke, because he got captured, and I'm Sorry to the McCain family. Then hit the Mexican thing. Hit all these things. And I'm not against Muslims coming in country. All I want to know is people coming to this country that they don't mean to have harm against us in this country. That's what it's all about. And I don't understand one thing. If you got to show identification when you go on a plane, why can't we have identification when you vote? That's one of the most sacred things. Explain to of people. Course. Show well, your well, humanity. Yeah. Humanity is the word, Sid. No, he, if he, he showed humanity, nobody beats him. Well, no? look, he shows you, uh, plenty of humanity. He relates to people. He's he's actually got he's helped people's lives he's, in, 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 in concrete fashion. Statistically, you can look at it. People are doing much better. Well, we That's all, humanity we, right we, there. We all are doing better, but my point is, 
there's a undercurrent I, I, I of people you. I that don't have what you have, you have, and Carlo and I have. And all they're looking for is a way to get something better and free. What about when he, uh, he pardoned Alice Johnson, the black lady? That's humanity. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, but that should be mentioned too. Also. He, may, he may have gotten a blowjob from Kim Kardashian to do that. I'm not sure. Well, she was in the Oval Office that well, day for quite I some would, time. I would want to use a hazmat suit. <laughs> uh, no, listen, I agree with you, though. Uh, uh, I like Donald Trump. Is, there is some style. Uh, uh, points that he that he could do better with. There's I no mean, question. If you work for the White House, your life expectancy ain't too good. <laughs> if you don't like what you said, look at General Kelly. You're out of here. Gun. You're fine. This guy's fine. Scaramucci. Then, I told Scaramucci, he's been on our show a couple of times. I told Anthony, I said, you look like a horse's ass. <laughs> First of all, what you're doing is he, you wrote a book, How Great He Is. <laughs> yes. He was the greatest thing in the world. The blue-collar president. Uh, I said, now you're bad-mouthed. Well, I wouldn't trust you as far as I trade. People are going to say, look, at if, if Anthony first was like one of my sons, too. I know Anthony a long time. Love, love, love. Smartest guy on his feet than anybody. In reality, Trump should have brought him back in. He would have been a great. But the only problem is Anthony's Anthony. Anthony's a narcissist, too. So that's two heads. <laughs> Yeah. Banging together. But in reality, I told Anthony, you've got to back off. You can't keep Twittering about the president. You know what he was mad at? And he gave it up uh, once in an interview that the president didn't tweet out about the book that he wrote, the complimentary book, <laughs> The Blue Collar President. He, he was, never acknowledged. Then he was blaming. Now, if you notice his Twitter, it's, it's Anthony and Deidre, who I love Deidre. Anthony and Deidre are on his Twitter thing. Yeah, it's Mr. Not and Mrs. Mooch. It's Mr. Yeah, 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 and Mrs. No, Mooch. No, yeah. yeah. I said, what happened to your balls? What, they shrivel up to yeah. stomach? Yeah. I said, because you got nailed, he got nailed right? And all oh, of a sudden yeah. now he's holding it thou. But in reality, you can't change of what and who you are. With that, we can, we can prelude right into one important thing. New York State. We've got my friend, he was my dear friend, I loved him, one of the smartest guys in the world, Mario Como. One of my great friends. I love Mario Como. He might have been a Democrat. I, was a uh, I, I, I admired him as well. I voted for him because he was the class of the race. Yep. That's the problem. Too much of this party horse shit. You got to vote for the man or the woman. Not the, Notice I say woman, and it could be a woman president. There's no problem. And uh, after, yeah. I, after I heard Hillary Clinton on the Stern Show, I called up, uh, uh, what's his name, my friend there, uh, her, uh, with Clinton. Lanny Davis. Lanny Davis. Right. And I said, you got to listen to the interview on the Stern Show. She's so tough, so real. I said, I want to take her out to Rayo's. I have to apologize. Remember I used to call her a lesbianic yeah, on the show yeah, and all that yeah. stuff? And if you listen to Hillary Clinton, she's not good in front of people. But she was great there. She was great. Very, she was great. Very smart. She said, I like guys. Yeah, <laughs> I remember he, that. Yeah, she cut right through the crap. Yes. Everybody's calling me a lesbian, but I like men. And she's right through it. And everybody went, ah. Now we go to our, our governor is at fault for what we're seeing on the streets. I can't understand that he has to listen to these two idiots. The idiot of the state senate and the idiot of the New York State Assembly. Heasty. Have now passed a bill which we're all suffering from, a bill where it was first going to be misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies. Now they're violent felonies, yeah. robberies. I talk to cops all the time. They have a, a, a menu there, meaning that these criminals are now being released with no bill. And Big Bird wanted, the, the Blasio wanted to close Rikers. They don't have to close it. There's not going to be any prisons there. <laughs> and what, what's affecting all of us, including our families and our children, you want to come into the city with your kids, you live I in the city. I live in the city, yeah. And all is, my kids go in the city. what's going on in the yeah. streets. And uh, it's, it's, it's at a point now where I see the movie The Warriors coming back.
That that movie uh, too. Right. You know, I, I, we agree. Every day you pick every, up the every day. Killed. Every day. The, the murder rate is just on a soar. Yeah. You know, it's right. a, it's a it's an amazing thing. When I was forced to leave and go to Miami, and I was in Boca for 16 years, I missed this city. I missed it badly. I would talk to Bernard all the time, and I spoke to you quite often. You were on my show down in Florida every week. You're doing Arby's commercials. You're doing great. Uh, but I wanted to get back here so badly. I miss New York. I miss the energy. I just missed it, and. I was asked a question today by one of the guys who works in production that they're going to use as a promo for our digital service. And he said, what's your favorite part about New York City? And I said, at this point, now that I'm back for four years and I live in the city and I see the perverts and the criminals and the filth and all that's going on, I said, my favorite part of New York City is Kennedy Airport because I can leave. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's how it's gone. Four years ago, I would have cut my right arm off to get back to New York City. I'm so upset with what's going on. It's actually soured this great city for me. Well, you know what? I I hate to say that he doesn't even know that I'm going to say this. I have soured on New York City, too. I've had a business here 35 years. You are Mr. New York City. I, I am, but it, it, it's like someone shot my stomach out. It's a matter of time until I get involved in protecting someone or going after someone robbing something and doing something that I'm going to be tried for because mm-hmm. I will help people. And I want, I one thing, the wave will turn against me for getting involved in a criminal activity, not me doing a criminal activity, right. someone else. And I will take action, but I could just imagine what the onslaught's going to be. And I really feel so hard horrible that our city has to go down to this land from this piece of shit scumbag big bird de blasio who's taking it down to level he hires that mexican jumping being this piece of shit wherever he came What's richard carranza he's a, ra- a racist uh carranza is a racist yeah, and, uh, and, and, and and he, and, he employs perverts yeah and, and, and bill de blasio has this sanctuary city policy that led to the, the rape and murder of a 92 year old woman right governor cuomo has his no cash bail law that he signed that led to women getting punched, the teeth knocked out on the street, Jewish women. These these politicians are killing us literally when, when, when in does, this state. When does he realize, and I was at a Christmas party for my friend Andrew Farkas, he was supposed to come the governor. He didn't come the, on, uh, on the, to the Christmas party. He was there every year. And I wanted to grab him and say, Mr. Governor, with all respect, and I respect him as the governor, I actually respect the position of presidency, no matter who's in there, Obama sure, the or office. Trump, yeah. the office, including the mayor of New York City. Honestly, I was going to run into him. I went to that bar over there in uh, Woodhaven that was 250 years old. Nears. He was just there ahead of me. So I went with the astronaut, Greg Olson, my Oh, you're talking about Nears? The yeah, pe- yeah, they so they, they kept the place open. It was supposed to close. Yeah, yeah. So we shot over there. I said, let's have a couple of beers. You know, we're at a bar tuning in. And I says, you know, de Blasio, in my mind, honestly, if de Blasio was there, I would have said, I would have had a beer with him. Right. I would have had right. a beer with him. Right. And you know what? It, the position is the position. It's not for me to, to belittle the mayor. And with the governor, as far as the governor goes, he has to realize he has to realize the fact that what he's doing, people are going to die. And I, I say it Already again. Already have. I say it again. There's going to be lawsuits. And I talked to our good friends, Taka Pina and also... Audie Adala. Audie had his father there the other day at the trial for the pervert. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. His father walking in with him. His father's walking in there with his mustache. Arthur Adela's father. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said to, I said to Arthur and, and, and I said to uh, Joe Taka Pina, you know, we're going to have a good business here because we got big lawsuits. We know one thing. I think the city shelled out about $300 million last year on these Fugazi lawsuits. Yeah. So it means if 
you're you're a criminal with a long record right. of robberies, and all of a sudden you rob somebody, you shoot them, but a cop comes up the street and shoots you in the leg. I could sue the cop, exactly. and the city then the settles. Settle. So the city says, yeah, you got it. No problem. How much you need? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, that's the way de Blasio operates. He just hands out our taxpayer money like right. that and to the thugs. And now, again, to get to the real serious point of this, what should be done is there should be emergency hearings. But here we go again. When you have such a progressive state senate, and we used to have the Republicans who were a little it's a, sensible. It's a one-party state. And and now you have the assembly that's progressive. Nobody wants to hear, oh, I'm for bail reform. There's no way in the world that I wouldn't support nonviolent crime, uh, crimes. If you can't make bail, I'm for that 100%. But when you get people who are violent criminals with histories of felonies, violent felonies, there's no way there should be bail. No, there's no question. But the, the only way to change this, and, and we talk about this all the time, all three of us, uh, Bo, Bernie, and myself, is you got to vote Republican. And, and it just doesn't work uh, in this time. I, I, don't, I don't agree with you. I don't you agree. think Democrats can actually change this? They're going to change their... We have to get a Democrat. Okay. A Democrat that is going to be a moderate Democrat, a sensible Democrat. And I said, you know, even with Donald Trump, who I support, he is my candidate. But if it has to be someone else, that little legitimate cricket friend of mine who I've had up in Rails, Michael Bloomberg, probably would be the one. If, if Donald doesn't win, I'd rather Michael Bloomberg get it than that psychopath Agreed. from Ben. Well, he, he's the best of a bad bunch, just yeah, like right. Eric Adams is the best of a bad bunch of Democratic mayoral candidates. But, where yeah. is, where, but still, where the Republican is, would be better. Let's yeah, face and it. Also, I've been very offended that we didn't bring in a black police commissioner. I mean, you, we you should were have triggered. a black... You well, he triggered. was upset. What is the name of the gentleman? You know no, the guy. I, I, I he's your buddy. Yeah, he's your ben buddy. Tucker. That's ben Tucker. right, Ben Tucker. Yeah, it's an outrage. I'm not even saying yet. Rodney. Rodney's an, another one. Rodney's a three-star. Rodney Harrison, I believe. He's great, yeah. too. My point is, in a city that we're going through all this complexity of this racism bullshit... Why not have a black commissioner so he could go up to wherever there's a problem? Say, don't run that jive by me. You know, you could run it to the Irish guy there. Don't run it by me. I know what's going on in the streets. I mean, that's what it's all about. And if I became mayor, I guarantee you, sure as we're sitting here, it ain't go, wasn't going to be no white Irish guy in there. It was going to be a man of color, and whoever I chose was going to be a man of color. Excuse me. What about the best person for the job? Whatever happened to that concept? Right. Stop. Well, what, 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 what about that? No, Stop. no. The best person. Like, now, like, let's face it. Just, what is the... What is the majority making? No, of, I understand. For PR, for PR reasons, I get your point. Not PR. I, I get your point, but still, you're caving when you start doing Not stuff PR. like that. Not PR. You have to have someone that recognizes the community that hand. Certainly, you can't have that white Irish guy with a city that is well, you gotta 70%. Pick up my people. No, we had enough of you people, okay? <laughs> enough of you. All your, with your Brattons and your Kellys Timonies. And, and your Timonies. Oh, God, oh, boy. Boy. This Irish guy God replaced rest, another God Irish guy, God Jimmy O'Neill. God rest Timoney. So. Yeah, O'Neill. Yeah, Timoney yeah, was yeah. a good but, but you're right. They replaced Jim O'Neill, a white Irish guy, with Dermot Shea, a yeah, white Irish guy. Irish guy. They're right yeah. off the boat. I think he came on the boat with <laughs> well, maybe he was in, in line for he that He happens position. to be very talented. Yeah. Yes. But I'm talking about, if I was the mayor, you have to look at other things. And Rodney Harris is a very articulate, very smart guy. And me, if I won for mayor two years ago, I certainly would have had an African-American, you know, smart, I'll tell you what qualified you need. guy. It's End a, the story. You know what the, the, the thinking behind it is? You need a yin and a yang. And you have de Blasio, so radical, so leftist, that he, he, he could afford to 
put in a uh, more conservative police commissioner type because he well, is so out, Shea, he's so out there. With all respect to Dermot Shea, uh, my friend Greg Olson's good friends, and I think I'm going to have dinner with him soon. I, I hear great things about him, but the only problem is when you have a a communist progressive piece of shit mayor, <laughs> how far can you really go? How far can you go trying to do the right thing out there when you have a police force that's been decimated? Decimated. I talk to a kid in the academy now, and it's there's no more physical thing like the way we used to have it. I says, you mean you don't have to do like 20 pull-ups or so? There's no pull-ups. Oh, really? I, 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 it's, it's a, now you need a college degree to oh. become a cop. Oh. Well, what, what, what does that do as far as... You've got a college degree. How about it's more important about you treat people, how you relate to people, how you hit the streets and you talk to people, make them understand, hey, I'm your buddy, I'm your friend. But if you fuck around, you do something wrong, I'm going to kick you in the ass just like the old Irish cop down the block. Right. right. A little, so it uh, doesn't mean anything. These college degrees, you don't learn anything in college but bullshit. You learn from life expectancy and life experience out there. It's called about, peace, peace through strength, they call it nationally, but on a, on a local right level, now, it's the same thing. Right now, you have cops are doing nothing. I talk to cops yeah, every day. They don't want to get involved. They don't want to get involved. They'll walk away because they'll it's get terrible. in trouble. I mean, look, the fact is what we're talking about here is the reason why of all the states in the country, more people, this is a statistical fact, it's not my opinion, more people flee New York than any other state no. in the country. They're leaving. And, and we kind of joke around, you know, we're going to retire one day, not anytime soon because we don't make enough money, but, uh, you know, maybe one day he'll go to Vermont or California. I'd like to go to California or Florida. And I think even a guy like you, if I would have said to you both 15 years ago, I you're going to leave New York. York. You'd say never. Not even right? five years ago. Five years ago. Now I guarantee you're looking at places in Palm Beach. Well, Carlos <laughs> gonna have to run my company. <laughs> yeah. Carlos gonna have to run. He's running. I think we could do it from Florida. I think that'll be. Okay. You want to go to Florida? You want to freaking move? No, 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 no. <laughs> Carlos, if I move, you really stay. Been very, very you got to run the business. Somebody's got to be here. Maybe at least January, February. What do you do? Moonwalking or what? No, no. This is if I leave, you run the company. You don't run with me. I play golf. You do work. Okay. All right. I'll just fly and, there on the you, know, you know what this yeah. reminds me of? The scene in Goodfellas with Joe Pesci and the guy who brings him a drink. And he's like, Spider. Spider. Spider Michael yeah. Imperioli. It's kind of a the same Dance. dynamic. But, but that, that was the inference I was bringing out when I started talking like that. And you're ex- you hit the nail on the head, Sid. You're very, very, what's the word? Astute. Stupid? A no, stupid. No, a stupid. <laughs> you're right. First time in my life that I really considered in my mind. Yeah that I would consider leaving New York City. And I thought I'd never say that. I love New York. Yeah. I, I live and breathe this city so much. And it's a shame. It's a really... Yeah. It, it's awful. It's like you're losing a family member. Yeah. When you see cops get uh, buckets of water poured over there, and they walk away yeah, with their heads wa- down like because the they're, af- they're afraid of the mob, the thugs, they're afraid of the media, they're afraid of the, the brass that won't back them up. It is a shame, and, uh, and the people suffer. People yeah. out there suffering. That's why crime is going to go up. People are fleeing. Taxes are going up. People are fleeing. There's no, bed it's bugs on the subway. Bed, the dead, dead, you got dead bums in the subway covered in bed bugs. You, I mean, it's really now, disgusting. Now, getting back to you, you guys are like really. You two uh, said you're like the godfathers of radio. <laughs> I mean, you've been around a long, long time. Thirty five years, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Uh, even more, thirty eight years, but. What has changed in radio? Oof. You know, we, we have to admit one thing. And again, 
I don't care how you feel. He was the godfather of Shock Jack. Don, yeah. Don yeah. Timus. Right. And then, you know, I listen, I actually listen to Stern when I drive out to the Hamptons because I got nothing to do. I have an hour and a half drive, and I listen to a show that's pre-recorded. And, uh, I mean, what he says on that show is like no, no one says a word. Anything what he says on that show, where has changed in the radio that you do? What do they call that? Celeste? Celeste? Terrestrial, terrestrial radio. radio. Uh, what has changed is... Are the Transvestial uh, radio? What's terrestrial. terrestrial. Oh, okay, like yeah. E.T., extraterrestrial. Okay. Right. I, I like transvestital <laughs> yeah. uh, radio, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. But uh, what's changed are the rules. I mean, the climate changed uh, uh, comedy-wise, as we talked about earlier. In a big way, you, you I mean, you, you have to, you have to tiptoe. You have to dance. You can't say. They, the other day, they told us to, not to say ass, ass. Really? I mean, come on. You look, so though that's what's changed. You can't be funny. You can't be genuine. Now it's also morphed more into uh, a talk radio type of thing, which is what the the, the angle they want to go into. And by the way, Mr. Imus did that early on. He started. He transformed himself from just a, a shock jock. To a political sort of interviewer, analyst, if you will, starting with uh, uh, Governor Weicker back in the day, governor for yeah. a day in Hartford. We wow. did a show in Hartford, Connecticut. <clears throat> and then he had Lieberman, John Kerry, uh, Dollar Bill Bradley, Senator Bradley. Mm-hmm. All these people. He became a political guy. He was a big guy down in Washington, Washington D.C. Let me tell you. To the point where he, he did the uh, radio TV dinner and uh, he pissed off uh, Bill Clinton. You're hitting on something right now. So back in 2002, 2003, I get a call from Big Pharma, all the pharmaceutical companies, and they want me to do an investigation on drugs being bought on the Internet, kids buying Oxycontin, all that stuff. And uh, they said they hired another company, spent $2 million, they didn't see it. I said, we'll do the investigation. We started buying drugs online, and then we were sending them out to get them tested all fagazi shit, road paint in them and that. We followed the trail of the people who had the websites. We identified them as criminals. We followed all the way back to Kashmir, Pakistan, where they were putting the counterfeit drugs together. So I go, I get Tom Brokaw, who I met through Don Imus. I mean, I met so many people. I get him to put my kids... Dana and Bo online ordering Oxycontin. I said, order some Charlie the dog ordered. Two days later, they come in, in a package saying, beauty supplies on my American Express. Oh my so God. what we did was, the big farmer, now we get it all over the place. They didn't make me a lobbyist. They, I register as a lobbyist. I knock on the door of 40 United States senators to get this drug bill passed. Every one of them, when Bo Deedle called up, I'm going to meet with you, Everyone accepted both sides of the aisle because of one reason, Don fucking yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah, no, So he, I, I'm he, talking he about the power yeah. he had in Washington in 2002, 2003. He was, was phenomenal. He radio, had, he had the uh, affiliate in Washington uh, uh, on radio and also MSNBC TV. Big, big on television. Yeah, but like, and then when, we got thrown, when he gets thrown off with the Nappy Ed Ho thing, all of a sudden... You know, let the people know. This is the facts. We mentioned it on your show. The true facts was I went to meet with Roger Ailes, and I said, you know, Imus would be great for your business, Fox Business. So he goes, bring him over. We'll have lunch tomorrow. So I tell Imus to come over. We're sitting at a little table like this. We're having lunch, and I'll never forget what he said. So Roger liked Imus, and he says, you know, well, Don, we'll put you on the, on the business side. You're in, into it. And he goes, yeah. And then he says, and I'll say it, and I said it to Imus's face, and he got pissed off before he died because I said the truth, and I always say the truth. He goes, well, I'll go back, and I'm not going to bring Bernie back. I said, what? Well, you know, the nappy head. I said, Don, 
He only said what you wanted him to say. Hmm. He was you. I said, I'll never do your fucking show again. And all of a sudden, Roger Ailes, to his credit, says, what are you, crazy? Bernie's part is the major part of your show. And I want Bernie on the show. And, and just to he be clear. to throw you. No, I know that. Wheels. And I owe, owe everything to you and Roger Ailes for having the, uh, for being loyal like that and doing the right thing. But, uh, and also, uh, to set the record straight, he said nappy-headed hoes. Not me. Right. He really? said it. Not well, me. Don said it. He said he all he did was repeat something Spike I, Lee had said in a movie. No, That's it. I said. I said. Oh, them, he 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 called for the Rutgers video. To I be brought played. it up. I brought it up. I go. Hey, I man, did you happen to see that basketball game last night? And, and he, he goes, goes, Oh, yeah, a bunch so of they're, play, they're playing. No, they're playing the video. Yeah. And he goes, Those are some rough looking girls. Yeah. And so I go. It's it's 2007. You know, with Wild West. I say. Yeah, them are some hardcore, hardcore hoes. And he goes, yeah, some nappy-headed hoes. That was it. He said nappy-headed hoes, right. not my, me. My point is, again, we had a, a, a show in the but, morning. Yes, you guys, laugh. I thank you and, and, and the late Roger Rails yeah, and the, and for then, my survival. And then, and then we, went, we, all, we went on there, and we had a pretty good show going on. But in reality, you know, we went through 9-11 together. Were you with us? Well, I was. I was actually on the air with Imus and Charles the night before the Giants played the Broncos. Monday Night Football. Okay. Now the season before that, the Giants lost the Super Bowl to the Baltimore Ravens. They yeah. got killed in Tampa. So that's why the Giants had the first Monday Night game of the yeah. year. So literally, then they got blown out in Denver. And and I'm talking about wearing my Giant jersey to the game. I'm in my house. I'm watching the Giants Broncos. And Don's going on on about how you know how do why do you do that? They're not going to play you. And I said my dad does it too. And he called my dad a retard something, whatever it was, and we were knee-deep in a giant Bronco conversation. Don starts to talk about it. He used to go to Shea Stadium with firefighters and cops and get pissed yeah. drunk and start bites, and he would just pass out, and he'd wake up, and they'd take him home, and as soon as he goes, and they take me home, he goes, well, wait, I'm getting word right now that a plane has hit the World Trade Center? That was the actual conversation. Well, I went on the air with him because I was on the viaduct of the Loyal Expressway. I pulled my car over because they closed the uh, the tunnel down, and I had my little convertible. It was a gorgeous day. I'll never fade. Not a cloud in the sky. And uh, I'm, I'm on the, my cell phone with Don, and I said, I see smoke coming from the World Trade Center. And then I saw, I didn't see the plane hit. I was too far away, but I saw this explosion. It was half the size of the building. And then I said, there's been another explosion. I thought there were bombs in the building. Yeah. I didn't see the planes actually hit. And then we ended up going down there. Mike Cervola and I, we stayed down there a couple of Well, that's of what it started to change, though. When you talk about how the wild, wild west, it started to change a little then because yeah, the country got real. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And then in 2004, when Janet Jackson, Jackson's nipple fell out during the Super Bowl. Yeah. People got fucking crazy. I mean, look. During my Fox News days, when I was on the air for 12 years, I mean, I could be on the air a half a dozen times in one day. All the shows from business, news, Hannity, O'Reilly, everybody. And in reality, you know, I, I had to conduct myself differently. You're on national TV, and I try to watch my, my, my mouth. I'm glad you got a, a, a button there. But I try to watch when I do Celeste, with the radio, when I do your show, of course, yeah. and all that. But you know what? you got to really think before you talk now. I, I hate to say it. This is the environment where That's if right. we want to stay, and if Bo wants to go back on your show, I have to do. And I've been called on a couple of things from your superiors about stuff that I say. You know what I want to say? First of all, I don't get paid here. I want to tell them, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but you well, want to know something?
awesome. I enjoy coming in with you guys, yeah. and we, we we expose a lot of the crap that people don't want to talk about. And you know, I'm not afraid to talk against anybody no, that no. does wrong. So it's, one it's, more important it's thing. Very real. Very I was wrong. up. I was up with Bert Capone last night for his birthday, his 70th birthday, up in Rayos. Who do you think came in? Eli Manning. Is I, that right? Yeah, wow. Eli Manning was up there last night having dinner. I went over to him and I no, said, "This was a yeah. yeah, last night. Wow. Yeah, yeah, How do yeah. You like was, that. Yeah, I mean, was, the night he retired. Mark Capone's a great guy too. Quite, quite a cool, quite a cool guy, Eli Manning. Very, uh, you know, take a picture with you. Very, very nice guy. Very yes. nice guy. Yeah, very quiet, low key. But he, he made it. He talked when he was on the field. Yeah, you know, think about this week here in New York sports and yeah. City. You can appreciate this because you've met everybody, Bo. In this week in New York. Derek Jeter made the Hall of Fame. And who was that one? Retired. Who was that one, one jerk? jerk off? I don't know. I don't must know. have been Boston. But, you, but you'd have to say in the last twenty years, those are the two biggest names probably in New York sports: yeah. Jeter and Eli Manning. Well, you know that jumps back about uh, ooh, 12, 10, 12 years ago. I was down in Turks and Caicos for, for the Christmas holiday into New Year's, and we got invited by uh, Michael Mashingnik, whatever his name, Prime Minister of Turks and Caicos, one of the most corrupt scumbags in the world. <laughs> he was selling uh, beachfront property. Like three different guys. You owned it, you owned it, you owned it, and I owned it. And uh, we were down here, and all of a sudden, I'm at the pool. Bo fucking Deedle, my man, the toughest motherfucker in all. Who is it? Who is it? Give us a hand. Danzel Washington. Oh, I oh, did no the shit. bone collector with him. He comes, he oh, had you were in that? I produced it. Angelina Jolie. I produced Kareem it. Kareem Latifah. Yeah. I, no, but I had Angelina Jolie and 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 uh, Danzel at Rayo's half dozen. Times. So he comes over. So Danzel, one of probably one of the greatest actors, is Danzel Washington, classiest guy in the world. Great father, great husband, never on the cheating side of time. Always great. Good man. So he had a son. One of the sons is a professional football player. Was there, and we spent a week together. Cool. And we went to Mike, the prime minister's house. Who else was there? At first, he was a little standoffish. Offish. He had Mika with him. Uh, was Derek Jeter? G- Derek Jeter. Oh, Derek Jeter. With Mika. Oh, Mika. Mika. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. all of a sudden, I woke up. Yeah. Now my kids are all with me. Margot's yeah. kids are there, and then my kids are there. And I woke up. I says, "Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Jeter." I says, "You know, I." I guess we're going to spend some time together. I'm Bo Deedle. I, I had met him, but I really never. I said, my kids, I said, you think you'd take a picture with my uh, Sure, come on. Uh, and we, we he was quite, quite nice. the guy. And since then, we've been out together yeah, after yeah. that. Look at you. What a classy act Derek Jeter is. That guy, that son of Denzel Washington, who was a football player. Yeah. Is now an actor, and he was up for the Academy Award. He played really? football in the KKK. Yeah, game. Black Clansman. Uh, boom Boom Washington. And he's built the Bill Kid, yep. the yep. football player. The show, HBO show. Well, players. and I'll say it, and I know all the actors. I know them all. My hands down favorite of all is Denzel Washington. Yeah. Character acting, sure. you could put all the above training. Day. That is the class of the of the race right there. Yeah, I agree. And I, 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 all I, actors, period. Yeah, yeah. He just. We should get him on a, a podcast, uh, Carlo. We'll put the word out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, I go back with Sly and Pacino and De Niro and our little Irishman's so, doing so, pretty you know, good. You, you've been asking us questions today instead of the yeah. opposite on Tuesdays, but and we know you were great in. Wolf of Wall Street. You were great and good fellas and just a magnificent performance just now on The Irishman. That was incredible. What was your first movie, your first movie spot? First movie spot was Maniac Cop. 
What, what year was that? Mania Cop. Yeah, Mania Cop One. Yeah, Mania Cop Two. And and then and then I actually uh, played in the movie The Bad Lieutenant with Harvey. Oh, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. I played the detective sergeant. Now he is the is the character that was a lieutenant that was shooting heroin. And you had Mike and the Mag Dog in the background on well, one of his car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and he was a gambler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a heroin addict, yeah. just like you, Bert. Just like you. It was just like your life. He was a gambler, drug addict, just like you said. But he was a lieutenant. And then my little daughter Dana was in it. She was two years old. He played Harvey's thing. And it was just funny. They wanted to base the movie on one of the most horrific crimes ever. And it was labeled by Mayor Koch at that time, the most horrific crime in New York history. And my partner, Tom Collin, God rest his soul, and I, by ourselves, it's the first 90 pages of my book, One Tough Cop. It is a phenomenal occurrence of what occurred. Every bit of it is 100% truth and you can't make up this stuff. I actually get called by Fat Tony Salerno to the Colonial because I had met him when I used to drive Ralph Escopo up there. I went one side. I didn't go to that side. I knew them all. From John Gotti. I grew up with all of them but I became Bodicop and that's what it was. I never did anything for them. I never did a license plate check. On FBI, FBI tape recordings, Fat Tony's heard Talking to his boys saying, you don't ask that fucking boat, the cop or his Irish fucking partner for nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. They're great cops and you don't fucking bother. So when they rape wow. the nun, when they do the nun in, all of a sudden, Tony calls from the precinct. And he says, I want to talk to Boat Dato. Tell him to meet me at the Colonial. I walk in there. Hey, Tony. So I sit there with a the cigar. He goes, hey, what, what are you and your fucking Irish partner doing about these two? Uh, talking about Timothy, right? No. No? Okay. Tom Collarin. Tom Collarin. Uh, okay, sorry. Your Irish partner. What are you doing about about these, he used the N word. He, he says, "What are you doing about these two guys that uh, you know raped the uh, the yeah. nun?" I said, "Tony, we're not involved." He goes, "That's fucking bullshit." He goes, "You're the best fucking guys up here. Go get them." Mm. I go to Captain Fortunato. I had nothing, and I asked for three days to work on it. Read the first ninety pages of One Tough Cop. Yeah. Every aspect of that is like something I can't even explain. Now. I get the chills thinking about wow. it. every avenue. They had two hundred detectives assigned. We did nothing with them. Then when we got one in Chicago and a real fast part of it I find out that the one guy I was looking for I think a burglary was the motive because they came through the roof off the building so they when do you get two sex perverts you know either you're burglars or not yeah. one guy was short one guy was tall short guy had a limp that's what one of the kids one of the guys who I put his head in the toilet bowl told me that he saw him on the corner I did do that yes <laughs> I, we call it shitboarding not waterboarding shitboarding oh, I and uh, shitboarding. I didn't arrest him or anything he had drugs, I flushed them down the toilet and all that. But the point was that it was like a light that went off. Vinnie Rayo says, somebody said they come from 120 Fish Street. So now that was the intensive investigation. Look for a short and a tall burglar. Little did I know is they, they burglarized Nicky Bond's club. And Nicky Bond's was after these two oh. scumbags too. But they were smoking angel dust. So now the father of the tall guy called nicknamed Chicago was on a bus with his hooker girlfriend heading to Chicago. This was during the Patco strike 1981 when they had uh, no air, air traffic controls. So the next thing, what do you do? The bus is arriving at 6.30. The next flight out is at 7 o'clock. What do you do? So I just dial the area code. I think 213, whatever it is, or 215, whatever it is for Chicago. And I asked for the uh, detective squad. And they go, well, we don't have a detective squad, but we have a violent crime section. I, that sounds good. I'll never forget the yeah, violent crime section, section Sergeant Kelly. 
I, I said, Sarge, how long you been on the job? This is Bo Deedle from the Young. I'm a detective in the Young. Oh, I've been on 26 years. Do you ever get a feeling? <laughs> Many a time. I said, well, we got somebody coming off the bus. We ain't get there in time. We got permission to fly out at 7, but I can't let this guy go. I said, all I want you to do is put him under surveillance, right? And, he, and I told him about the case. He goes, oh, we know about it. It was a national case. They carved 27 crosses and raped, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, put brooms into it, urinated on it. So all of a sudden, <laughs> we're going to fly out at 7 o'clock. Six o'clock, the phone rings. All the detectives, all the picky ring shit heads were in the office. I went to get some McDonald's breakfast for Tommy and all the guys because we were going to fly out at seven. And next thing is a guy, one of the detectives said, Bo, Sergeant Kelly, violent crime section, Chicago PD. I get on the phone. I say, yes. Sergeant Kelly here. Bo, bus got in a little early. We got your boy. What are you talking about? Well, I took him to the Great Lakes. I put a shotgun in his mouth. He told about raping the the nun on the second floor, and he gave up the second guy. I said, oh, my God. I threw the breakfast up the air. And then all of a sudden, we went after the second guy. He gave up the name. His name was Max Linderman. And where you get a black guy? Tommy locked him up during the blackout of 77. Tommy Collard. So the next thing is, we said, let's take this guy. So all the detectives are saying, yeah. You guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. So I said, come on, Tommy. We didn't call for emergency service. We go to the first location, the last known address. We knocked the door down. We didn't have a warrant. We just take the door down. Comes out. He ain't there. He moved the year before. So I gave the woman my card, and I, I, I said, we'll be back. We'll pay for your door and all that stuff. And now we go to the next location. I tell Tommy, I'll go up the fire escape. You bang on the door. Give me five minutes. Bang on the door. Say, please. Tommy's banging on the door. The window's opening slowly. Cool. This guy's coming out the fire escape. I grab him. Boom, 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 boom. I bring him down a fire escape. Now we get him in the station. I was there with a two-way mirror. We were up for three days. All of a sudden, this guy says to me about, he says, I don't like that, that little fuck. He goes to me, why don't you go fuck your mother? Oh. I said, you know, you don't know my mommy. Why would oh. you talk like George? Oh. And I allegedly, I did. I punched him. Good. I shot him. I broke his fucking jaw. Uh, and I said, you don't talk about my mother, you mother. Then after that, they pulled me out of there. And then we had the palm print. And then he admits to being, he says, the other guy raped her. I didn't rape her. I was there. I said, mother of God, we got the right one. Wow. And that was a, one of the great that's investigations. Great. That's not a hero. It's that's just, great. it's just doing your, today I would have been arrested for one, two, three, about eight different <laughs> felony crimes. You use your connections and your toughness and your, your uh, instinct. Well, you know what, guys? You know, I really, I, I really, really, I know how busy you guys are. I really, this was a real thrill for me to have you. And Carlo will tell you, Carlo will tell you, you know, we got Giuliani coming on here, all this bullshit. But you guys really are my sons, and I feel that way. And I only do the show for one reason, you guys. And I enjoy doing the show. You guys got the greatest show in the morning. And I, I tell people, tune in to ABC Radio in the morning. You got Sid and Bernie. Entertain personified. Thank you. Yeah. And how can... By the way, my favorite guest of the week... Sid chooses Bill O'Reilly, but I go with it's, well, it's, it's close. close. It's close. You see how fast you need Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, 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 no, you're my you favorite. don't want to. You're my we, favorite. We, we love you. Yeah. But, I do uh, like Bill O'Reilly, though. I do like Bill O'Reilly. He's good, but he ain't both Stop deal. sucking up to Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> hey, oh, here's a question for you, okay? okay? Ask him this question, all right? Next time you love him, ask this question. Bill, you like doing that show? What did you do to precipitate you paying that broad $30 million? Well, listen, that, That's well, all I want to know. Being on your show, uh, we love you. I can't tell you. I owe you my everything. My kids, my family. Get at it. How, do we, how does the people get to your sites and all that shit? How do you get to you, Sid? At, at Bernie and Sid. Oh, that's uh, on the Twitter. WABCradio.com. Right. And uh, we have a Facebook page, a Twitter page. Right. And, uh, well, you can call Bernie at 516 516- <laughs> 516 
You do that too. Uh, how do you get used to it? Same way. Alcohol Anonymous, uh, drugs. Any, any one of them. And gambling. Uh, on a 12-step meeting every night. <laughs> and uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll send you a little patch to this. If you have the balls to put it on your site, probably your people here won't let, we'll let, we'll let you put it on the site. But you certainly can go to One Tough Podcast. Carlo? All right, yeah, we're at One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo's at Bodeedle on Twitter. And you can email us any questions. I know the fans have been wanting this for a long time, so I'm really glad we uh, got it together. Our email is One Tough Podcast at gmail.com and uh, we do this thing every week punk of the week okay here's what we do every week whoever our guests are we ask them we call punk of the week something that's bothered it could be a thing a person a place a thing start with you Bernie what's your punk of the week my punk of the week and I'll keep it local New York is the uh, the slob known as uh, Gerald Nadler the congressman since congressman from the upper west side (laughs) it's congressman he is a waddling a slob an incompetent piece of shit Fucking punk ass motherfucker! Like, how do you really feel about it, Bernie? Punk of the week, him and the rest of them. I mean, there's so many to select from, between De Blasio and uh, you know those guys down in Washington. But I select Nadler, the Washington what a slob, slob. huh? He's been a punk of the week many times, so... He looks like... I think if we took his clothes off, between those folds, you probably have a the cheese. Yeah. The cheese in there, right? What do you think, Carlo? Cheese forming? Yeah. You have to bathe him with a fucking fire hose. He's probably got bed bugs like that dead guy in the subway. Sid, what's your punk of the week? Something political like him, I can go to Blasio or... Whatever you want. He's going Nather, I can go Adam Schiff. Well, there's something more fun. My, and I'm a Met fan. I don't even care that much about this. But my punk of the week, whoever that person is, who you mentioned him earlier, who is the fucking guy who did not vote Derek Jeter? <laughs> he gets 396 out of 397 votes. He should have been there, just like Mariano Rivera. Unanimous selection, 100%. Who is the fucking jerk-off that for some reason wouldn't give Derek Jeter that vote for me? Whoever that person That's is. That's a great punk, punk of the week. week. That's a great punk of the week. And what about you, Carlo? I would say the New York Times editorial board, they did their presidential endorsement. They couldn't make up their mind. They chose two. Yeah, so that's uh, no you know, balls. We no know. Balls we know about the New York Times two, fake news. Liz fake Warren news. And Amy Klobuchar. So those are two wonderful choices. Well, I tell you, what, the one, the one that the one would be the most likely to give a little shot is that Tulsa. I think she, oh, she's yeah. kind of hot. No, yeah, like is that racist, sexist? No, 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 no. Plus, she's, she's very sexy. So we like that. She's. So, a, yeah. I can see that munchitation <laughs> situation. All right, but uh, my my punk of the week again. I just can't stand the guy watching yesterday. I'd like to take. I, I want him to come to New York because, first of all, there'll be no bail. Come to New York. Adam Schiff, come to New York. I want to punch you right in your face. Because you know what? In New York, there's no bail. So I can crack him right in that ugly with those eyes. Crack him once, and I'll go like this. Ooh, you're not going to hold me no bail, Carlo. You don't have to bail me out, Carlo. That's my punk of the week again. Him and uh, Avenatti is now in New York, too. In, in but Avenatti's in, in the cell. <laughs> He's in El Chapo's old cell in Brooklyn. Can you believe the guy, the guy was running for president? He's the punk of the uh, decade. Yeah, he could what a dude. Yeah. Was, do you think he was slamming that horse face bitch? No, I don't think so. Now, to be honest with you, we, 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 Mr. President, I'm very surprised if you slammed that horse face bitch. Johnny Daniels said that, and she's in the portal business, she said that Michael Avenatti was the biggest dick she ever had to work with. <laughs> <laughs> See what and he did? Now he's in a, a jail cell. But whoa, 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 whoa. Who was the other one's name? She was hot. Well, the Karen McDougal. Oof. Playboy model. That one I got to give my president yeah. some clue. Yeah. If, you, if you hit McDougal, well, Mr. President, that's 
okay. That's but okay. that horse face bitch. Well, yeah, but it was a one shot deal. I mean, one shot. Like two hours, you know. But two the hours. other one was a girlfriend. That's what I write. No, but I like McDougal. She was pretty, man. Yeah, right. And she was a stand up broad, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah horse face there, trying to get some cash. Abinati stole all the cash. By That's the way, right. Uh, and I've said this before on the show. Stormy Daniels, she will not sleep with black men. Nobody ever called her out for being a racist. Really? She never That's worked true. with black yeah. guys. Yeah. Why? Because in the porn industry, they get a they get a, a tar. They get stained. Tar because they have black dick. No, they get labeled. Uh, the, oh. the, the customers don't so, want to see their favorite uh, uh, porno ladies with a black guy. Really? They avoid them. I personally, I personally watch porno. I like the black on white. <laughs> I like black on white. Why? What's well, wrong with that? Well, look, try to find Stormy Daniels. At, at, I do. I do. I'll honestly say it makes me feel a little inferior with those two foot cocks. <laughs> yeah, a little inferior. Come on. Well, this is why uh, guy, this is why she doesn't sleep with black guys because she wants to keep guys like you watching. Right? Yeah. Okay. She's a racist. So. Well, we had a great show, huh? It was a great conversation. I'll never get hired for any other job ever again. But uh, <laughs> I mean, just think about talk. what we talked about here today, guys. Think about that: New York politics, local politics, sports, cock, porn stars. Big dicks. Um, where could you possibly do that in an hour? I think, I think I think this so was one. Of, I think this was one of the most interesting uh, assemblage of uh, cast members here we've ever 100%. had. Hundred percent. And you know what? You know what's great about them? They're very articulate to every day what's going on. They have their finger on the pulse. It's like their fingers on the clit at all times, oh, right? I did. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank all you right. Both. We'll see Thank you next you week. Both. We love you. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.